0: Here comes Peter Cottontail Hopping down the bunny trail Hippity-hopping, Easter's on its way Bring in every girl and boy Baskets full of Easter joy Things to make your Easter bright and gay He's got jelly beans for Tommy Colored eggs for Sister Sue There's an orchid for your mommy and an Easter bonnet too. Hello, and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, episode number 84, where we go back Back to the the past past. and read a comic book from the yesteryear of publishing. You can find us every Sunday on chrisandreggie.podbean.com, or pick us up from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and from the Quick Clubhouse. Ooh, this is a special holiday episode, isn't it, Chris? Ho, ho, ho. And of course, what could make you think, you know, today it is, uh, we released this show on April 1st, it is the Easter day, and what would make you think more about Easter than Superman Meets the Quick Bunny from 1987, titled Quick Thinking, written by Mike Carlin, layout art by Carmine Infantino, finished art by Dick Giordano, lettered by John Costanza, colors by Liz Berube. Edited by Joey Cavalieri and uh, executive edited by Joe Orlando, with special thanks to Bob Razakis. And Mm -hmm. I think we'll be able to tell you what parts of Bob Razakis. Uh, contributed as we go along. I have a feeling I know where he came in here, but uh, I think <laughs> yes, you do too, Chris. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But first, let's discuss uh, the writer, Mike Carlin. He was born October 6, 1958. We're guessing somewhere in the United States of America. Uh, he attended the High School of Art and Design in New York City started as an intern at DC Comics during the summer of 1974, but he would be hired on by Marvel Comics as a writer and artist for their humor title, Crazy Magazine. He worked on issues 72, 74, 80, and 83 through 92 over the years 1981 and 1982. He would work under Mark Ruinwald as an assistant editor, and even had a short run as the writer on Captain America. His run was issues 301 through 306, cover dated January through June 1985. Uh, He would return to DC Comics on his birthday in 1986, and became group editor over the Superman titles. And, as we learn now, he'd even go on to write some Superman, including the very issue we're about to discuss today.
0: That's right. But first, let's also talk about the uh, layout guy, the plotter. Carmine Infantino, Carmine Michael Infantino, that is, was born May 24th, 1925 in Brooklyn, New York. Born via midwife in his family's apartment, even. That was Hmm. how old school it was. (laughs) Like many of the folks we bio, he attended the School of Industrial Art in Manhattan, which was later renamed the High School of Art and Design. That seems to be the only way you could get into comics Uh, (laughs) Throughout the 20th century in New York Uh, While still in high school Carmine would do some work for prolific comic book Packager Harry A. Chesler For the weighty sum of one American Dollar per day Carmine says I used to go around as a youngster Into companies go in and try to meet People nothing ever happened One day I went to this place on 23rd Street this old broken down warehouse And I met Harry Chesler Now I was told he was a mean guy and he used people And he took artists but he was very Sweet to me he said Look, kid, you come up here, I'll give you a dollar a day to study art, learn, and grow. That was damn nice of him, I thought. He did that for me for a whole summer.
1: Then in 1942, uh, Carmine would ink a Jack Frost story for Timely, which is later Marvel, over Frank Giacomo's pencils. He would go on to do more work at Marvel, including some Human Torch stories. He would then diversify his output throughout the 40s, working on The Heap and Airboy stories for Hillman periodicals and do various works for Fawcett Comics as well as Holyoke Publishing. In 1947, he would arrive at the company we know him best for. He's over at DC. His first story was a Johnny Thunder six-page backup in Flash issue 86, cover dated August 1947, and that was where Black Canary made her first appearance. So right off the bat, making new characters and ones that stand the test of time. He would continue working on various D.C. properties during the remaining years of the Golden Age, including Green Lantern and the Justice Society of America.
0: I think it's very prescient, too, that his first title at D.C. was a Flash title. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because in 1956, he was tasked with the gig most of us know him for, reimagining the Flash for the next age of superheroes. The Barry Allen Flash would make his first appearance in Showcase number 4. That was October 1956 cover date. You can hear our kind of long-form chat on Julius Schwartz's Silver Age and Weird Comics history, the fifth one in the archives. Infantino's new sleek superhero designs ushered in a new era, and its influence wasn't exclusively felt at DC Comics. He would be the artist for the landmark Flash number 123, that was the Flash of Two Worlds, which would kickstart the concept of there being a DC multiverse. In
1: 1964, Infantino was shifted to the Bat Books Uh, The Bat Books were flailing And his take is referred to as the New Look Era And is cited as the direct inspiration for the Adam West series Uh, He'd also co-create Barbara Gordon during this run Uh, She'd make her first appearance in Detective Comics number 357 That's January 1967
0: cover date He also, I mean, he's the one that put the uh, oval around the Bat Logo on the chest. Symbol, yeah. So you know, if you want to know who came up with that one, it was good old Carmine.
1: Indeed, and it helps them uh, help them copyright their sure the logo yep. a little bit better. Uh, now, 1967 was a pretty big year because uh, Stanley came calling. He offered Carmine a sweetheart of a deal that DC could not match. However, DC could continually give him better and better titles. I think we've all had those jobs where it's like, can I have a raise? No, but here's a new title.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Here's more work, <laughs> alright. <Yeah. laughs>
1: now, in uh, 19, by by 1971, Carmine Infantino had worked his way up to being
0: publisher of <laughs> DC Comics. <laughs> Four years later, it's like, wow, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, every, every few weeks, give him another title. Really? Uh, now, under his tenure, he'd bring in folks like Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, and he even wound up snagging Jim uh, Jack Kirby from Marvel. Uh, he would also co-create, along with Len Wein, The Human Target. Now, this character would be adapted into a television show on ABC starring Rick Springfield.
0: Yeah, I, you know, we're, we're laughing about it, him being, uh, you know, kept getting promoted and promoted so that they could make him stick around, but... An amazingly capable guy. Uh, Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. And at this point, obviously, at the when we're reading this comic from 87 at the tail of his, end of his career, uh, you know, I'm sure he could do something like this in his sleep, quite frankly. For uh, sure. As he went through it. But uh, uh, Carmine would remain in this role until 1976, being replaced by Jeanette Kahn, and then he returned to freelance work. He did work for both Marvel and DC, including work on Star Wars. In 1981, Carmine returned to the book he helped reinvigorate a few decades earlier. The Flash. He'd stay on throughout the odd odd (laughs) trial of Barry Allen era and into the end of the volume. I think that trial lasted 15 years or something like that. 18, yes, it felt like that. Uh, After a short stint on the Batman syndicated newspaper strip, he would teach at the School of Visual Arts until retirement, and Infantino passed away April 4th, 2013 at his
1: home in Manhattan. We're going to go over to Dick Giordano. On July 20th, 1932, in New York, New York, in Bellevue Hospital, uh, he complete he passed away on uh, March 27th, 2010. Uh, now, would you look at that? He also attended the School of Industrial Art. i you, that was so it. That was the only way. Guys.
0: Yeah, that all or Dewitt Clinton. In another era, would have been uh, right, Dewitt Clinton. All those guys yes. in the Bronx.
1: Now, he began work as a freelancer for Charlton Comics in 1952. Uh, as editor, he edited Charlton's entire Line of 34 bimonthly titles without the support of his assistant. So he was a very busy gentleman. Oh yeah. Uh, now he enjoyed responding to fan mail, and the comics bimonthly schedule, coupled with the fact that printing facilities were in-house, you can listen to our Charlton episodes to learn all about that. Uh, this meant that he could address letters about a comic book in the very next issue. Yeah, that was
0: like the only only game in town that could do that. Sure. Uh, he didn't type; no men did in those days. But he would write his reply in longhand and give it to his secretary to type up. No assistant, but he did have a secretary. That was the law in mid-20th century America. Uh, when they Then they would often take that piece of typing paper directly to the press and have them strip it right in as is. That's why the letters pages were all black and white, because there was no time to make separations, color separations. Uh, they'd move on. Uh, sorry, Dick would move on for a pair of lengthy stints at DC Comics and was on DC's side during the 1987-88 Creators' Rights, Creators' Bill of Rights debate which is a subject we're likely to cover sometime. In fact, I think you cracked a uh, yes. We have page a script in the works, it's kind of kind of something earmarked for that. And you know, normally we don't um, name do bios for both the penciler and inker, which isn't really the role they're playing here,
1: or the finisher or the whatever. Finisher.
0: Is, yeah. Even though, even though I think Chris and I that tortures us because we're always like, oh, you know, we want <laughs> to do the letterer. But, we yeah, want to do everything. You, 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 but you yeah. can go down that, could, the whole thing could be bios. But in this particular case. I happen to think Carmine and Dick had worked together and worked in comics for so long that I'm really guessing Carmine laid down really basic plots, you know, and this, this looks all Dick Giordano. I mean, everything, uh, every line of it. So uh, anyway, just to say that, that that, that's why you got two artists in this Indeed. episode instead of just one.
1: Now, we're going to give you a little bit of a history on Nestle quick. Uh, Nestle is a Swiss transnational food and drink company that started as the Anglo-Swiss Condensed Milk Company back in 1866 and is currently, at least as of 2014, the largest food company in the world, at least when measured by revenue. Uh, In 1905, the Anglo-Swiss Milk Company would merge with... Thoreen Lacti Henri Nestle, which was also founded in 1866
0: by Heinrich Nestle. That's the uh, cutest name for a company I've it? heard in a long time. What whatever they sell and I want to buy what is I it. I want all of it. What is it, uh, nerve no. gas? Uh, give me all of it. Go ahead, anyway. It's adorable nerve gas. Uh,
1: now, they would be known as Nestle and the Anglo-Swiss Condensed Milk Company, uh, which we wonder how long it took them to roundtable that.
0: Yeah, this this is uh, before the age of the condensed, uh, you know, moniker for your company. Man yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> now initially selling condensed milk And infant formula type products Nestle would grow its output And international presence greatly During the first and second world wars
0: But the end of world war II Signaled the shift back from condensed milk For fresh to many for many people uh, Leaving Nestle folks with the need To diversify their wares in order to stay viable And this movement included The innovation of products of the chocolatey Variety In 1948 Nestle would launch Nestle Quick a chocolate-powdered fl- chocolate flavoring mix that can be added to milk. Different flavors will continue to be added. Banana powder in 1954, strawberry powder, powder in the late 1950s, and then vanilla powder in 1979. In later years, even, short li- even shorter-lived ones, including cherry <laughs> from 1989 <laughs> to 1995. Gross. Cherry. This one's <laughs> even worse. Mango. And, I, and let me tell you, I love the flavor of mango. Don't know if I want it in my milk. I'll be honest; no. I don't think I need that in milk. That would be from 1991 to 2000. Long one. That, long. that yeah. must have been the tropical markets, Chris. That could that did not fly <laughs> in the uh, Northeast. I'm telling you now. And uh, cream, which was only around 1997.
1: Mm-hmm. We have triple chocolate that was got from 2002 to 2006, honey flavor from 2001 to 2006, and even shorter-lived ones, cream soda, caramel, and cookies and cream. And the, the shortest-lived ones sound like the most tasty. I don't know
0: Yeah, why. really, I, don't, I would think cookies and cream would be a home run, but all right.
1: Absolutely. Now, in 1963, the world would meet the Quick Bunny. His, quote, first appearance, as it were, were on cans of... Not rich, delicious chocolate quick, but strawberry quick mix. Quickie, as he was then known, would go on to star in television commercials for all the flavors of the stuff. He would be voiced by Barry Gordon. Uh, Barry Gordon in 1955 would record the song "Nuttin' for Christmas," and he would be the youngest performer to ever hit the Billboard charts. Uh, The song would hit number six which either says a lot for the song or the yeah. state of music at the time.
0: Yeah, Perhaps. I, think, oh. I, I think number five was I want to pet your Angora sweater. You know what I mean? That's the kind of music he was up against. So,
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Now, Gordon would act and voice act. Perhaps most, most notable to our audience, he was the voices of Donatello and Bebop in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series.
0: And uh, this is worth noting because we'll likely never brush up against the subject of Nestle Quick again. In France and Greece, the mascot was a giant fat yellow dog beast called Grow Quick. He'd eventually be replaced by Quickie, much to the annoyance of the French and Greek, who viewed the move as pandering to Americanism. But, uh, I don't know, a giant obese beast might not be the best mascot for chocolate milk, right? Just
1: saying. Or it might be the
0: the best one. It's true that could actually be <laughs> more on the money. Uh, the Quick Bunny would even go on to be featured in a pair of promotional comic books, The Adventures of Quick Bunny from Marvel, and Ooh. Superman Meets the Quick Bunny from 1987. As we open right away, by the way, there are no ads in this issue because the nope. issue is the ad. So <laughs> uh, the action starts, and we don't we have do we don't have to pause from the second page following or whatever. Uh, the weather is going amok in a metropolis.
1: Yes, Superman is flying in the skies, and he says, One minute there's bright sunshine. The next minute there's a da- there's, there are dangerous flash floods caused by this sudden freak storm. See? <laughs> now, while Superman tries to save a tot from being swept away in the flood, we turn our attention outside the city limits and to a nearby unnamed suburb where a very special club is currently building a treehouse. Now this club consists of four ethnically diverse children and one brown bunny.
0: Yes, this is the Quick Club. And being as though we're an audio program here, we should probably explain they spell club with a Q. And frankly, any hard C sound you could probably assume hard is actually a Q in this in this issue. Dictionary.com says that a club with a Q is the plural version of calb in Maltese. So what
1: what's a calb then?
0: Well, it means heart.
1: Hmm, Not sure if we should make a Captain Planet joke or a poor diet one.
0: I both fit both work very well here, yeah.
1: (laughs) Now the kids figure that they've done enough work for now and decide it's time for a delicious Nestle quick break.
0: Ronnie says, it took us all a while, but the final product is totally rad. And Patty says, this is the best clubhouse ever built, Ronnie. And Ronnie says, high five on that one, Patty. (laughs)
1: In the time it took took for the kids to slap hands Their long-eared pal has already made his way to the kitchen And downed an entire glass of the good stuff
0: Yeah, quick, Barney says I'm gonna raid our clubhouse kitchen For a tall glass of Nestle Quick Ronnie says Yeah, yeah, we know, you can't drink it slow Maureen goes Cause it's quick Mm. Mm. Anyway, they turn their attention to their badass big screen and catch the WGBS news. All kids... I remember watching the news as Love a it. child for hours. I was just... I remember taping it. And raptured <laughs> in what was going on there. Uh, they see that Superman is saving that tot metropolis.
1: I, I was nervous there for a second. Yeah, I
0: didn't know it was going to happen. Patty says, he's trying to save those people from getting hurt, in that wild storm.
1: Something, something Jim Lee joke.
0: Yeah, Ronnie says... But it looks like there's too much for even Superman to handle.
1: The bunny insists that they all help the Man of Steel.
0: Uh, you know, you might want to wait for that sugar rush to pass before making any proclamations. You know, you're kind of uh, zooming off it right now. <laughs> uh, the kids aren't so sure themselves, after all.
1: Now, one named Miguel goes, we just kids. And uh, I guess it's about time we actually got to meet and get to know all of our quick clubbers. Sure, And uh, we'll let the bunny tell it.
0: Yeah, well, he says... Ronnie, you know, everything there is to know about geography. You picked the perfect site for the clubhouse.
1: You know, geography skills is always something I look for in a savior.
0: Yeah, really, and I'm sure I'm sure he knows all the specifics of not just, like, the capitals of every state or anything. <laughs> Daddy, you're in the science club at school. Even I couldn't believe some of the stuff you whipped up for this place.
1: And all the science in the world won't replace a spoon when it comes to preparing your Nestle quick.
0: Miguel, you know more about languages and communication than anyone I know. You even wrote our club code.
1: Well, I gotta wonder, does he seek torrential downpour? Because if not, it's not going to be much help on the front lines today.
0: No, probably not. Maureen, your knowledge about computers and how they work has made our club what it is today.
1: That tells me she already read Superman and the TRS-80 Computer Whiz Kids comic.
0: That's all you need, that's all you need. (laughs) Uh, Apparently this was all the pep talk of these kids required, and we're off to the races.
1: And Miguel goes, you know, I think the old Quick Bunny might have something there.
0: I think he's right too. We We can make a difference. And Patty says, so what are we waiting around for? Let's help Superman with my knowledge of science and Maureen's computer techniques.
1: Uh, Let's get, let's not get cocky here.
0: Come on, dude. (laughs) geography is what you need.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Patty and Maureen then demonstrate some, quote, special equipment they installed for the club. Now, this special equipment transforms the clubhouse into a quick copter, (laughs) allowing them to fly to Metropolis. Meanwhile, we meet the big bad of the issue. Uh, Do we get any guesses? Hmm, now a villain who can control the weather. Oh, I don't know, I'm not sure.
0: Oh, but let him tell it himself.
1: Yes, he says in thought, ah, I'm brilliant, I've taken the city by storm. Oh, mm-hmm. He continues to think, But wouldn't you expect that from someone called the Weather Wizard? Oh,
0: oh. That's if we had this lightning sound effect Thunder we would do Uh, The weather wizards peep Superman on a periphery And decides to smite him with a bolt of lightning Superman realizes he must Guide the lightning through Metropolis and into The Atlantic Ocean I guess something, some body of water So it can, I don't don't know Explode out there, is that Right, is that what you want to do (laughs) Uh, And so Dear listener, it is left to us Yes us to ride yes. our guide The lightning through the city That is to say there's a maze That I think we can thank Mr. Bob for for uh, concocting Probably. <laughs> And we gotta complete before we Continue our tale
1: Now in the interest of completeness Here's the solution to the maze, spoiler alert uh, Left, right, right Right, left Left, left, left. Right, right, left. Straight on out of Metropolis and <laughs> into the nebulous ocean that surrounds it.
0: So whatever ocean that is, Metro <laughs> Ocean. Uh, with that disaster averted, we can move on, but not for long. On board the quick copter, the kids type their wacky weather observations into their <laughs> computer. Yes, with a Q. Yes. Problem is, all the data is scrambled.
1: I thought Maureen was like a computer whiz. Yeah, really. How does know, this stuff coming out scrambled?
0: Nonsense. Boognar well,
1: you doesn't know mm-hmm. anything. Now, upon unscrambling the nonsense, the quick kids try and learn who the baddie
0: is. Uh, But we just found out an entire page ago when the actual bad guy revealed himself, like, by name. Mm Kind of anticlimactic here, don't you think? Just a little
1: bit. Yeah. Uh, Now, also, they used Miguel's language skills to decipher the gobbledygook, (laughs) so... Is that the language he's he's fluent in? He's, Nonsense. He Gobbledygook? He's an
0: expert in languages both known and yet unknown. Chris, it's an amazing. It's really more of a mutant power that he has. <laughs> uh, quick, buddy says, "Hey, you guys noticed that all the circled letters put together in the right order spell Weather
1: Wizard." Well, thanks for nothing, Rabbit. Miguel probably would have figured it out eventually. I'm not really taking this I mean, why you even bother having him around? Uh, now, the gang looks on while Superman is encased in a block of frozen rain.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that's how rain works.
1: In are, you, are, are you a weather wizard? No. I didn't think so. Now, uh, before Superman crashes to the ground, the kids do some quick thinking.
0: Nice. fun. Good job, good job. Uh, they decide it would be best for everyone if they save Superman and let the wizard get away for now. Patty then uses the pat, which, by the way, save Superman from a block of ice. Come on, what was this the first time you ever saw Superman? Right. right. Patty then uses the power of science to produce a claw from the quick copter, by which they used to snag Superman.
1: I love the power of science when you make clits. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> Superman says, I don't know who you kids are, but thanks for the timely assist. Patty says, we're the Click club, Superman, and it was our pleasure. Pleased to meet you, gang. You should know, though, that I'm invulnerable. No harm would have come to me had I hit the ground.
0: Wow, thanks for literally nothing, you guys. What a, right? what a jerk. I
1: mean, go on. <laughs> <laughs> now Superman wonders where the weather, weather wizard Has gotten off to Miguel has a theory That's right Superman uh, that, That's the wrong accent did not it <laughs> <laughs> That's right Superman He mentioned that he would capitalize When he left Metropolis That must mean he's headed to Washington D.C.
0: Really it must mean that Is this a it Bill must. Dozier episode of Batman uh, <laughs> And then Ronnie, Our geography expert says that's the capital of our country!
1: <laughs> now Superman's all Tell me something I don't know, and he leaves
0: I mean, it's a cap- <laughs> he knows The capital of America Thank goodness you were here, Ronnie <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Despite not being Invited to tag along, the Quick Club decides to also head down to DC And for some reason They believe that their Quick Copter Won't make the trip, so the Clubhouse Transforms into a hot air balloon What? That's because, so because that's so much more efficient And quick
0: I mean, to hear them tell They're going to ride the air currents All the way out
1: Okay, so I guess the Quick Club's going carbon neutral I, I guess then. they're
0: it's, going green here you know, but, yes. uh, And actually when Come to think of it with all of the gas produced By drinking chocolate milk They're probably able to float there, no problem <laughs> uh, So upon arrival in Washington, D.C. Superman finds himself in a unique predicament Wherein he must tap into his Super memory it's a tornado, courtesy of—I mean I, mean, I would figure the Weather Wizard. Uh, It's—it started to a random neighborhood. It's turned a random neighborhood upside down, and for some some reason, Superman refuses to continue until he is able to list all six objects that disappeared in the
1: squall. I'm telling you, Superman's a man of peculiar hang-ups.
0: Yeah, just this morning before he left the Fortress of Solitude, he had to wash his hands twelve times before he declared it safe. I was like, all right, <laughs> you okay, buddy?
1: <laughs> no, what do you say? Can we give the man a hand here?
0: Sure, it's guy. We're missing a fire hydrant, mailbox, light pole, tree, and two
1: cars. You read ahead, didn't you?
0: I mean the answers are right on the same page. So right next to <laughs> like right below it. You know what kind of a memory activity is this? It's like an open book memory activity. Uh <laughs> while Superman collects the missing objects, he sees the Yeah, this is the most important thing, folks. I gotta get this mailbox The mailbox. Uh, <laughs> he, he sees the Washington Monument begin to tip.
1: He thinks to himself, great Scott, the incredible strength of the wind is forcing the Mo- Washington Monument to the ground.
0: At this point, the quick kids wafted in their balloon and, using the power of science, realized that the weather wizard is likely, very likely hiding in the
1: eye of the storm. Then Maureen, quote, feeds everything they know about the Weather Wizard into her computer, which provides an image on the screen.
0: I mean, like, what, so what, was this like slips of paper that said like, where's green outfit, called self Weather Wizard, you know, like what?
1: Where's a visor?
0: Uh, on the screen, looks like she's about to play some Ski Free.
1: Yeah, or like the 2600 version of Donkey Kong. I mean, th- this image is really something else here.
0: Yeah, and, w- and what comes out the other end is supposed to be the Weather Wizard, but don't quote us. It really looks more like something from the Odyssey 2 video game. Yes. <laughs> uh, the quick bunny waits until the kids are all, uh, do all the unglamorous work before taking what might be his final swig of delicious Nestle, Nestle Quick and diving out to enter into battle with the Weather Wizard.
1: What a freaking glory hog, right?
0: Every time, every time. Yeah. You're grabbing the glory at the end.
1: <laughs> now he begins racing around the wizard. What's in that Nestle Quick? Amphetamines?
0: I mean, you know, probably it's yeah. a new flavor. Uh, anywho, this causes the wizard to lose his concentration, dissipating the tornado, and Superman's able to re-erect the Washington Monument. The mm. wizard then hops on his little Nimbus cloud and takes off for Egypt. So, what cryptic clue did he use this time? Um, he he just said he's headed to Egypt.
1: Oh yes, he says, "I assure you, I will take care of you and your friends, Rabbit." For now, though, I simply retreat on these winds blowing me towards Egypt to plan my next attack.
0: I mean, that's pretty anticlimactic, you know. I mean, we, we had to solve a puzzle to guide a lightning bolt through a city, but
1: this is a yeah. gimme. It's very strange. This is. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you figure it might just be a setup.
0: Yeah, the quick bunny says, Superman, he just told me he was going to Egypt.
1: Great, I'm on my way Patty says,
0: wait Superman, don't go, it must be a trap
1: Miguel goes, yeah, why else would he come out flat out and tell us where he's going Superman goes, thanks for your concern kids And I do realize this is probably a setup But right now, I just do not have any better leads
0: And with that, he leaves
1: Yes, and again, despite not being invited to tag along The Quick Bunny insists they follow the Man of Steel
0: Quick Bunny says, we've already helped Superman several times today And nobody said that we shouldn't follow him one more time Did they? Ronnie says, Nito, let's go
1: (laughs) Since a hot air balloon would be one of the dumbest ways to travel from Washington to Egypt It's time for our third transformation But what could this transformation be? Well, we can't say for certain. We've got some heavy-duty dot All connecting right. to do before we can answer that question. Get my pencil out, uh, one two two
0: two. It's a jet plane. I mean, they set it in the very same panel as the connect the dots puzzle. <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> this book has like more hand-holding than like a modern Nintendo game.
0: It's really, it really making me feel inadequate here. You know, Press just left like to move left. It's too easy. It's, like, it's <laughs> too easy, folks. These are not actual puzzles. What's really funny is that on the next page we see the. Quick jet in its full glory And it looks like something like a connect the dots picture Like literally you know what I mean It's just like it, 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 They don't round it out and it just looks like a, An angular connect the dot shape uh, The gang arrives in Egypt And also I gotta say like what is the hot air balloon about then? Like you you got a copter You got a jet What is the, What is a hot air balloon Did you get romantic in the quick clubhouse uh, It's like I have a picnic up
1: there Looks anyway, for the Chardonnay powder
0: Exactly yeah <laughs> When uh, Maureen wants to uh, have a little alone time with her, anyway, uh, the gang arrives in Egypt and they're shocked to see that it's snowing. They land and decide to chat up a local. Only problem is, oh God, this uh, Egyptian is talking in code.
1: Isn't isn't he just speaking Egyptian?
0: Nope. This is code. It's just like a, a garbled bunch of letters, and it only it only takes Miguel a few moments to well write us a translation key. He doesn't actually go to the trouble of translating. What the fella says, and that's left to, uh, For us to do
1: Drink more Nestle qu- Son oh, of a
0: Gotcha <laughs> <laughs>
1: now, The code, when deciphered, points the gang Toward the pyramid Upon arrival, they witness what appears to be Superman Romantically dancing with a mummy We know they're supposed to be fighting But damned if it doesn't look like they're dancing
0: It really does look like they're dancing its I think it's something about <laughs> the uh, number of punches That can be thrown in a uh, Nestle's quick thing <laughs> Uh, anxious that we might not be paying attention to him for a single moment The Quick Bunny decides to cut in and unravel the mummy Superman once again drops the Quick Bunny back with the club
1: Thanks again, Quick Club You've been a fantastic help on this case But you realize you shouldn't have followed me This is dangerous work And I'll be able to find the Weather Wizard soon enough on my own In other words,
0: buzz off, kid, you bother me mm-hmm. Miguel pipes up with another theory
1: well, he's one for one so far, might be worth a listen uh, He tells Superman that the Wiz is in the pyramid I mean, duh, where else is he going to be? He's in like, Egypt,
0: right? Where, I mean, you know what I mean? It looks like the only structure around, too you know? <laughs> he's, either, he's either in the pyramid or he's deep in under the sand somewhere uh, And so, Superman sets to dismantling the pyramid block by block
1: There's nothing sacred to the quick club? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not even the weather wizard would destroy a pyramid.
0: Uh, I don't see any archaeological permits here. This is worse (laughs) than that scene in the uh, the, uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom or whatever. Uh, I mean, basically, they're defiling a pharaoh's tomb is what's happening here. That's right. Uh, So the wizard does, however, melt all the snow and almost drowns the clubbers.
1: Yes, the wizard wizard thinks to himself Thanks, you little twerps You've distracted Superman long enough for me to Cast one last weather spell with my wand All I have to do is turn the heat back up to normal And let the melting snow wash my troubles away <laughs> And Maureen goes Hey, where'd all this w- water come from?
0: And Bunny says It's flooding the desert Patty says We'll
1: uh, drown
0: And Ronnie says Help,
1: Superman Swallow, help it's really not often we see a swallow I, I, didn't, I didn't
0: know what to do for it. I know. I guess they didn't want to use gulp more than once, you know? It's right. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, while the kids, uh, you know, drown, the whiz comes uh, across an ancient pictograph to pick his next destination.
1: Why not just call it a day, man? You know, quit while you're ahead. It's, I mean, I'm... You I'm, got
0: I'm, away. I'm tired, and I'm just reading the story, you know I mean? You got to be exhausted, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> he bobbles the stone, drops it, and shatters it, and rummaging
1: through the pieces, grabs one, and leaves. Weather Wizard goes, Today, China! Tomorrow, the world! <laughs> uh, in the meantime, Superman saves the kids. Yeah, Ronnie says, Superman, go after the Weather Wizard! He's
0: more important than me!
1: Superman uh, goes, That just isn't so, Ronnie. And and he should continue to say, And stop being so damn melodramatic, kid. It annoys me. Uh, now, well... Superman is right this time. Ronnie finally is important. They're going to need to call on his geography expertise. Uh, we were wondering when that would come in handy. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, hey,
1: oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, among the shattered pictograph are four countries, England, Italy, France, and India. From this and this alone, Ronnie deduces that the wizard was most definitely going to China. How? How? Right?
0: What, are there only five countries in the world in this there universe? Are. You know, this, uh, and, and that's as good as a guess as any, especially since the weather, weather, weather wizard said that when he left. He
1: said exactly he that. He said, today,
0: China, tomorrow, <laughs> the world. Literally, he said, today, China. <laughs> Superman heads off, again, bidding the Quick Club farewell.
1: I'm off to China. Bye, Quick Club, and thanks again.
0: Now, does that sound like an invitation to you? Well... It doesn't matter because the club is following whether he likes it or not. And upon entering Chinese airspace, they are shot down. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, The quick jet plane is pelted with hail. I doubt any plane has ever had to deal with that before.
1: Right, because this causes them to plummet towards the ground, as any hail would do to any airplane.
0: Maybe a plane that has to be made by connecting dots, actually, would have a problem with hail. I I don't (laughs) think about it.
1: That's true. No, Ronnie uses his map-reading, quote, talent <laughs> to deduce that they are right above the Yangtze River. So they attempt a water landing. I re-
0: I'm really picturing, okay, like, uh, this is like the, the, the X-Men cartoon song while he's reading it. Blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, the camera's swooping around. He's holding the map like, Whoa! Don't, you will not leave the theater during the map-reading sequence.
1: <laughs> You'll be turned away at the door if you come in exactly during the map-reading no, we reading will not sequence.
0: open the door during that sequence. You better be in there. <laughs> no, he
1: uses this immense talent. He realizes that they're right above the Yangtze River, and uh, since they are plummeting towards the earth, they attempt a water landing. And wouldn't you know it, it's successful. And the clubhouse with a Q has transformed into its final form. The quick boat
0: And boy, let me tell you, this is a stupid looking boat folks. I really, <laughs> Isn't it? really wish we could Maybe we might have to throw a, a picture of that On the blog, because it's just like mm. These are things are going to uglier and uglier as we go along <laughs> Thank uh, Patty decides to use science That listens in on the Chinese news via a radio That's science of radio <laughs> uh, Miguel's able to translate So we guess he actually knows languages besides code
1: Yes, Miguel goes They also said, Superman has been spotted Near the Great Wall
0: and so we must navigate our way through the Yangtze maze to find our way to the Great Wall.
1: I never realized that the Yangtze was a maze.
0: It does make for a very, really tricky trading route. Also, it? it's worth pointing out the Great Wall of China is 13,000 miles long. <laughs> so I guess they figured there'd be like a big crowd around Superman and Weather Wizard. Right? Just follow the people. They'll be, they'll be going that way.
1: <laughs> the population <laughs> density. Yeah. Uh, now, the maze traversal is left to us. Once more, time here. Uh, now, it, it, for complete sake, we got right, down, left, up, left, down, down, left, right, up. Forget. We we won't tell if you do Yeah,
0: just go right, just blast right through it. Don't worry about it, folks. Yeah. Uh,
1: now, out the other end, the club finds Superman, who is literally <laughs> punching the hail. I mean, not
0: only is he trying to protect the wall, but also the people of the city.
1: Maureen goes, how can he rescue everybody and everything all by himself?
0: Quick Bunny pipes up to say, he can't, Maureen. That's why we're here. But I can't think of anything that will stop the Weather Wizard permanently. Because if he isn't stopped for good, he can just run anywhere in the world and keep terrorizing everyone. This is so frustrating. Ronnie says, come on, Quick Bunny. You know you can think of something.
1: (laughs) Neil goes, you know you're the one who told us we could do anything we wanted as long as we put our minds to it. Maureen goes, Wait, I know the perfect thing to take the pressure off of you, QB. Uh oh. A nice tall glass of Nestle
0: Quick. No, no, nothing's gonna help. Huh? Nestle Quick? Alright! Delicious. You know what? Suddenly I know exactly what to do.
1: And his grand plan is making a decoy Quick Bunny out of the Quick Club's vast collection of scrap metal, uh, which they just happen to have on board. Uh, with which the Weather Wizard zaps with lightning, only for it to reflect and hit him. Also, the Quick Bunny's talking a mile
0: a minute and sweating profusely. I don't know what's, what happened, but <laughs> something strange. Anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure though uh, that's not how lightning rods work. Uh, are you sure they they reflect lightning? Is that how that happens? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. The weather <laughs> wizard is equally shocked. <laughs> yeah. Literally. He says, This lightning bolt ought to take care of that meddlesome bunny once and for all. For <laughs> No! The lightning's reflecting off the bunny and heading for me! But ouch! Uh,
0: I don't know, maybe because the bunny's clearly made out of metal? Like, even, like, plates of metal riveted together and
1: everything? yes. Uh, maybe he thought it was like a Mecca Quick Bunny.
0: Now, that is an idea I can get behind, I'll tell you Mm -hmm. what. Uh, Superman's able to snag the baddie, and the day is saved. We wrap up Mm -hmm. back at the Quick Clubhouse for a party. Superman and Quick Bunny.
1: Which makes us wonder just what in the hell kind of party we just walked into.
0: It's a Nestle Quick drinking party, Chris! All right. Oh, that. And we're going to be right back after a message from our sponsor. Now, when you are drinking Nessie's quick chocolate favor, Bunny, you have to be cool. Oh, I can be real cool. That means you can drink your quick real slow. I can dig that. Even though it's rich. Uh, I catch your drift. And thick. Uh, I can see where you're coming from. And chocolatey. Right on! Don't worry, Bunny. When it comes to drinking quick, slow, we all lose our cool. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to talk a little bit about the holiday known as Easter, Mm -hmm. or Resurrection Sunday. It's a festival and holiday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead following his crucifixion. Described in the New Testament as having occurred on the third day of his burial, after his crucifixion by the Romans at Calvary circa 30 AD. The New Testament states that the resurrection of Jesus is a foundation of the Christian faith. The resurrection established Jesus as the powerful Son of God and is cited as proof that God will judge the world in righteousness.
1: In Latin and Greek, the Christian celebration was and still is called Pashka. or Is it Pascha? Pasha, Pasha. 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 Sure. Now this is a word derived from the Aramaic Pash, Pasca. Pasca. Yeah. Cognate to the Hebrew Passah. Now, Passover is the Jewish holiday we know as Passover, which happens right around Easter for uh, reasons we'll make clear. Uh, in fact, this year, 2018, they started on the very same day. That's right,
0: Friday, Good Friday Yeah, the first day is Passover.
1: Absolutely. Now, so the story goes, Jesus Christ and his apostles wound up in the city of Jerusalem at the end of a long pilgrimage. He attracts the notice of authorities, and when he resurrects a uh, dead guy named Lazarus and throws money charges... Changers out of the temple
0: I think the first part uh, probably got him a little more noticed Don't you Chris? Yeah, the, I would Resurrecting died. a dead guy yeah.
1: <laughs> Now they also don't like Jesus Saying that he is the son of God uh, he's got an, He has an argument with the priests Of the temple and Jerusalem authorities Who also dislike Jesus' popularity Among the rank and file Jews <clears throat>
0: One of Jesus' disciples Judas Iscariot betrays his mentor For 30 pieces of silver on Thursday night Jesus and his crew have a have the last supper which is a celebratory passover style meal where Jesus foretells his own martyrdom and death or really the, one of the same uh, mm. but it was not a passover seder or dinner i have seen it said else in some places but the verse specifically says that passover was a couple of weeks away pesach mm-hmm. was a couple of weeks away so they're they're but Put that to bed if that's what you thought. Uh, The next day, Jesus is pointed out to the cops while he's hanging out in a garden, and then he's arrested. Uh, His disciples reject him, and as Jesus prophesies, Apostle Peter denies him three times. Then Jesus is tortured, mocked, and crucified. He dies and is buried in a rock-hewn tomb, a large boulder rolled in front of it.
1: That Sunday, the tomb is found empty, and the rock is rolled away, proving that Jesus had ascended. Jesus also appeared to several people directly after this, even eating dinner with some of them, to explain that he descended. So, that the act- so that's the actual evidence, so to speak.
0: Right. It's. Just, it's. I just want to say it's not a matter of. You know, they found an empty tube with the rock rolled away, and it was like, oh, that he must. Yep. There, there was more to it than that, you know.
1: Certainly. Now, in Matthew chapter 28 verse 5, Mark chapter 16 verse 5, Luke chapter 24 verse 4, and John chapter 20 verse 12, women arriving early to the tomb witnessed Jesus' ascension. The exact details differing between books, but all groups containing Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of Jesus. Uh, and this event is what is. Celebrated on Easter.
0: That's right. Uh, the modern English term Easter, cognate with the modern Dutch Ooster and German Ostern, developed from an old English word that actually, uh, it usually appears in the form Istren, but also as Istru hmm. and Easter or Eostre. Uh huh. The most widely accepted theory about of the origin of the term is that it's derived from the name of an old English goddess, Eostre. She's mentioned by the eighth century English monk Bede who wrote that Eostermanab, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm yes. bursting it, uh, in <laughs> Old English, the month of Eostre, Ost- translated in Bede's time as the Paschal month, the Passover month, and this was an English month corresponding to April. Bede wrote that it was once called after a goddess of theirs named Eostre, in whose honor feasts were celebrated in that
1: month. In Western Christianity, Easter is preceded by Lent, a period of fasting and penitence in preparation for Easter, and that begins on Ash Wednesday and lasts for 40 days, not counting Sundays. Uh, The week before Easter, known as Holy Week, is very special in the Christian tradition. The Sunday before Easter is Palm Sunday, with the Wednesday before Easter being known as Spy Wednesday. The last three days before Easter are Maundy Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, sometimes referred to as Silent Saturday. Maundy is the religious practice of foot washing that was observed by many religions in the Middle East long ago. Maundy Thursday includes celebration of the Last Supper.
0: Right, yeah, the foot washing would have preceded the... Eating, uh, because everyone ate with their feet back then. Anyway, uh, in Eastern Christianity, the spiritual (laughs) preparation for Easter begins with Great Lent, which starts on Clean Monday and lasts for 40 continuous days, including Sundays. The last week of Great Lent following the fifth Sunday of Great Lent is called Palm Week and ends with Lazarus Saturday. Lazarus Saturday celebrates the raising of Lazarus of Bethany that we talked about, the narrative which is found in the Gospel of John, John chapter 11, verse 1 through 45. And that was one of Jesus' big miracles and also one of the ones that got the notice of the uh, Jerusalem authorities, yeah. Yeah. The the evening prayer service, which begins Lazarus Saturday, officially brings great Lent to a close, though the fast continues through the following week, after Lazarus Saturday becomes Palm Sunday, Holy Week, and finally Easter itself, and the fast is broken immediately after the closing ceremony.
1: Easter is linked to Passover, which partly commemorates the Jews' exodus from Egypt, recorded in the Old Testament, through the uh, Last Supper, sufferings, and crucifixion of Jesus that preceded the resurrection. According to the New Testament, Jesus gave the Passover meal a new meaning during the last summer, declaring the matzah his body and the most certainly kosher wine as his blood, soon to be sacrificed. Direct evidence for a more fully formed Christian festival at Easter begins to appear in the mid-2nd century, according to a Paschal homily or post-scripture commentary attributed to Melito of Sardis. He says the celebration is a well-established one. Uh, Evidence for another kind of annual Christian festival, the commemoration of martyrs, begins to appear at about the same time as evidence for the celebration of Easter.
0: But these commemorations of martyrs are based on fixed dates in the calendar, While Easter and Passover are based on the lunisolar calendar, a calendar in many cultures whose date indicates both the moon phase and the time of the solar year. And because human beings have to make everything complicated, there are are different lunisolar calendars for different cultures. Uh, So all of this is all to say, this is evidence, that Easter is basically Christian Passover, Similar celebrations of trials and miracles that occur just in time for the seasons change to spring, and that is by design. That is based on a you know, moon phase and not on just a fixed date in the year. Uh, Christian missionaries began converting Anglo-Saxon pagans in 596 A.D. So, uh, you know, they talked about there being a Christian Passover in 2 A.D., and this is, you know, 590-plus years later. This mm-hmm. is according to an account by that same English monk, B.D., in, Ecclesi- in Ecclesiastical History of the English People from 791
1: A.D. Ecclesiastical.
0: Ecclesiastical, sorry. <laughs> uh, Pesach was celebrated until at least 2 A.D., as we just said, by early Christians and Jews alike. So this refutes the idea that Easter is a pagan holiday.
1: Pope Gregory I, also known as Gregory the Great, sent these missionaries along to the Anglo-Saxons and suggested they become accultured with them, but not to steal their holidays nor add new ones to the calendar. Indeed, according to Bede in the Ecclesiastical History, the missionary Augustine argued with an Anglo-Saxon church on the proper day to celebrate the holiday, meaning it was a Christian practice already. Point is, Easter is not a pagan holiday. Its roots are purely entwined with Passover, and it includes some acculturated elements that vary throughout the world.
0: For instance, sprinkling (laughs) is a popular Hungarian Easter Monday tradition in which boys playfully sprinkle perfume, cologne, or water over a young woman's head and ask for a kiss. People used to believe that water had a cleaning, healing, and fertility-inducing effect. In the town of Hox,
1: I would say Ho, Ho, France, a giant omelette made of 4,500 eggs that feeds 1,000 people is served up in the town's main square The story goes when Napoleon and his army were traveling through the south of France, they stopped in a small town and ate omelettes
0: In Brazil, there's a tradition of creating straw dolls to represent Judas, that's that apostle that was known for portraying Jesus Christ Hanging them in the streets and beating them up and many times, scandalous politicians become Judas, in this case. Hmm. <laughs> but it's not all beating effigies. Easter Saturday, called Sabado de Allulia, Alli- okay. Allulia. in inspires many versions of carnival in many small towns to celebrate the end
1: of Lent. In Sweden, children dress up as Easter witches in long skirts, colorful headscarves, and painted red cheeks They go from home to home in their neighborhoods trading paintings and drawings in exchange for candy Sort of like Halloween in America, but far less rude and threatening
0: Yeah, in uh, Corfu, Greece, (laughs) traditional pot throwing takes place on the morning of Holy Saturday People throw pots, pans, and other earthenware out of their windows, smashing them on the street
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> on Easter, just, then the, just the, the way shopping. Jesus
0: would have wanted, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Then the shopping is uh, really big the next day. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> now, on Easter Monday, there's a tradition in the Czech Republic in which men spank women with handmade whips made of willow and decorated it with ribbons. According to legend, the willow is the first tree to bloom in the spring, and the branches are supposed to transfer the tree's vitality and fertility onto the women.
0: In Florence, Italy, to celebrate the Scopio del Carro, the explosion of the cart, where a decorated wagon is pulled through the streets by a white oxen until it reaches the cathedral. When Gloria is sung inside the cathedral, the archbishop sends a dove-shaped rocket into the cart, igniting a large fireworks display. And that sounds like an awesome Easter celebration. Let me tell you, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the one I want to see.
1: Yeah, up the risk, you're up the reward. It's <laughs> yeah, oh, crazy. Sure. That. <laughs> now on Good Friday, the locals in Bermuda celebrate by flying homemade kites eating codfish cakes and hot cross buns. The tradition is said to have begun when a local teacher from the British army made a kite, traditionally shaped like a cross, to illustrate the ascension to his Sunday school class.
0: In Bulgaria, they don't hide eggs, they throw them at one another, and whoever comes out of the game with an unbroken egg is the winner and assumed to be the most successful member of the family in the coming year.
1: In Germany, finally, the uh, Easter eggs are displayed on trees and prominently in the streets, with some trees having thousands of multicolored eggs hanging from them.
0: Yeah, and we wanted to put all that out there, really, because every year, uh, any holiday comes and there's always all these things online of these super-secret origins of that holiday. Yeah, the things they don't want you to know. Exactly, and how fake the holiday is, and it's it's not true. People celebrate, you know, the same event in many different ways. That's the way people are. Uh, But, we also wanted to detail some of the further adventures of the Quick Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we all know, in the post-crisis landscape, the Quick Bunny was a new property for DC Comics, having been forfeited by then-Marvel editor-in-chief Jim Shooter after that whole strawberry bunny saga. Uh, though, in fairness, he knew the bunny couldn't be forgiven for all the cavities that he caused, not to mention the soggy asparagus spears. Yeah. Couldn't just lock him up, because the Quick Club would just be, keep trying to set him free. And couldn't kill him due to the deal he made with the Beyonder in Marvel Super Secret Wars Number 6.
1: Really, who could have imagined that Spider-Man's new costume would be made as a result of a glass of tri- triple chocolate quick left out overnight? It was a, a big surprise, yeah. It was. Uh, now, alt- unfortunately, DC was not quite sure how to handle the property when they got him. Uh, it seemed like a series of failed stints to start. Uh, he was bounced from like the Hero Hotline to the Kupperberg era, era Doom Patrol. Even, oddly enough, the Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Though though he was... To be fair, he was mostly a background character there. It seemed like DC just didn't want to lose the license. They wanted the fans to know that the Quick Money was still somewhere.
0: He, he was still viable. and They they did that a lot in Blackhawk and even in Doom Patrol, often in Kansas uh, Kansas City, which have uh, various uh, DC mm-hmm. characters in the background. Now... <laughs> And along comes Zero Hour, the event in 1994, which we talk all about in that weird comics history episode 20 in the archives. The Quick Bunny's timeline was truncated, so the La Brea tar pits were no longer comprised of chocolate, which also means there were no Quick Dinosaurs, and that takes that old character off the table.
1: He does. Now this one didn't go over well with fans nor pros. We know for sure that Howard Porter drew at least one quick dinosaur in the background of an issue of JLA a couple years later. This was JLA number 15, January 1998 cover date, Rock of Ages Part 5, Twilight of the Gods. Now the following year during the underworld Unleashed event, Quick Bunny was about to offer his soul up to Neron with the ability to lactate.
0: Yeah things things got weird. this is the well, the nineties. when 90s. You're
1: milk when you're milk based it stands to reason It's I guess. true
0: I guess that's what would you want? Uh, at the last moment though he he would instead trick Ronnie from the Quick club into giving up his soul.
1: Now, this, of course, would lead directly into Saccharin Sundown, where Quick Bunny would murder...
0: Uh, Chris, that was retconned, and you know it. It, it, Come on.
1: Okay, well, we thought that he'd murdered the entire Quick Club. We didn't know that he had actually sent them to the flan dimension to procure milk-soluble flan-flavored powder.
0: And they revisited that in Doom Patrol number 100. That's a November 2024 cover date. That's right. Uh, In 2001, DC started running cryptic ads online. Uh, very early online days, just the letter Q is just the letters Q and B with a lightning bolt. It would be revealed in an issue of Wizard magazine that this was all leading to Quick Bunny Rebirth, a six-issue series penned by big-time chocolate fan Jeff Giardelli Johns with art by Paul Peanut Butter Cup Pelletier. The first <laughs> issue sold over 200,000 copies.
1: Crazy. It was a, it was the first thing to knock the ultimate books off the top wow. uh, on the top spot. Now with the newfound interest in the property, it wasn't long before the Nestle family decided they wanted all monies owed to them for DC's use of the character. And so the lawsuit began. And DC, their hand was forced. They had to temporarily, quote, kill the quick money off. This resulted in the 12-part Fudge Funeral in 2002, that would feature the first incontinuity appearance of Grow Quick, that giant yellow dog mascot we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, he was the big bad, and the Quick Bunny didn't stand a chance. The final part of that featured a star-studded funeral, including cameos from Kool Aid Man, the Tandy Wiz Kids, Tony the Tiger. A Ninja Turtle, Twinkie the Kid, the M&M's, and Ronald McDonald.
0: It was, it was a pretty uh, pretty crazy uh, group of people. Uh, once the lawsuit was settled, DC set to bring in the character back. 2004's calorie crisis saw not one, but four quick bunnies return, each representing a different flavor.
1: I remember being positive they were going to go with Vanilla from this point it's, on.
0: It did really look though they were setting it up that way. But I, you yeah. know what I never understood is why Banana was part cyborg. Like, it didn't make That's any strange. sense. How did that yeah. even happen?
1: Uh, was heavy metal in that uh, mix. I don't <laughs> know.
0: That's right. There we go. <laughs> uh, at this time, the DC Universe was in the midst of Identity Crisis, during which Strawberry got a lot of play using his forensic skill set to investigate Sue Dibney's murder in Identity Crisis Number no. 4, November 2004, cover date, Titled Who Benefits, leading many of us to believe the bunny was going to be pink from that point on. That was going to be the main uh, quick rabbit. But that wasn't the case, however, in 2005's Infinite Crisis, Banana showed his true colors fatally wounding vanilla. And Strawberry sacrificed himself, sending both he and Banana into the phantom zone of Earth 2, leaving Chocolate as the one true quick bunny.
1: Yeah, we should have seen it coming all along. But I,
0: would, I would have figured it, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, during the Flashpoint event, Quick Bunny would receive a one-shot. Flashpoint, the Canterbury Caramel, cover dated August 2011, where he and all the other small critters of the DCU joined up with the Amazons to fight off Aquaman. Yeah. Since the New 52, because uh, Flashpoint led into that, Quick Bunny's rights issues once again plagued DC Comics. This time, they came after his trademark Q collar necklace. If you recall, this is back when the Disney Corporation was trying to trademark various letters of the alphabet.
0: Yeah, I really missed the letter W.
1: Well, at least we were quick to replace it with that new letter, Quirm. That's true, we do have something, but... uh,
0: Not wanting to endure the wrath of the mouse, DC decided to darken the character once more. The cute collar was replaced with a skull, and he'd leave the fantastic tales of superheroics behind him. Sort of taking a page out of strawberries book And becoming a noir detective Solving rape and homicide cases from the Quick Clubhouse The most recent miniseries Bunny The Quick and the Dead 2013 cover dates Opened with Maureen's brain melting When she snorted a line of vanilla Quick That wasn't Quick Okay and that's where we leave him <laughs> for now Maybe one day he'll return in the post-rebirth landscape, but just like Shazam, Legion of Superheroes, and Justice Society, we're not holding our breaths.
1: No. (laughs) But you can still drink the stuff, at least... uh, That's true. uh, That's uh, still still on the store shelves. He's still on certain shelves, (laughs) just not in the comic store. No. (laughs) Now we're going to wrap up today with some listener mail. This is the Mostly Gymnastics edition, and our first one comes from Bill Mitchell. Wow. The co-creator and writer... Himself. He wrote to us and says, I was telling some students about gymnastics the other day. While Googling We Found Your Podcast, you guys gave me some laughs. Thanks, Bill Mitchell.
0: Well, thank you, Bill Mitchell. You certainly gave us some laughs as well. So this I'm glad true. that exchange could go two ways. Indeed. Uh, and uh, we definitely appreciate obviously hearing from him. That was a uh, kind of a surprise to both of us. Totally. Uh, from a uh, regular listener and writer, Luke Hollywood. He writes, what up, Chris, Reggie, and their cosmic treadmill? I had a blast with the gymnastics episode. Not only was it great hearing about such an insane comic book premise, and he says still can't figure out how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out on top over Jim, but I also <laughs> really enjoyed hearing everybody's story about their finds from the discount bins, both good and bad. One of my favorite things about the Cosmic Treadmill is how you guys figure out a theme for the episode to complement the discussion of the comic. It always helps me reflect on the issue to a much broader extent than I usually would. With that being said, on my recommend, to my recommendation. I know you guys have plenty to go through already, so you can just save this for a rainy day or something. And as usual, we're not going to reveal the recommendation here because we like to keep things a little bit surprising.
1: Indeed, and also Luke gave a recommendation for a hook that just might be crazy enough to work. So more on that probably sooner than yeah, later.
0: Yeah, we might actually use that hook in a another comic, but the same Indeed. idea of the hook. But uh, thanks very much to Luke, of course. Uh, you know this, you know Cosmic Treadmill. If you go back to our archives, you see it has <laughs> morphed over the time to to what it is—a sort of a uh, rereading with voices and you know the way we do the bios and everything. But Uh, We always wanted to have that thing to put these issues in some kind of context, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it was historical, within comics, or within the world, or within genre there's a lot of ways you can do it and we've tried to do it a lot of ways and we hope to still come up with new ways that's uh, one of the difficulties of this thing it can be but uh yeah sometimes it's like what is the hook (laughs)
1: that's
0: (laughs) often a conversation we have right chris it's like very very
1: true what is it gonna
0: be but uh yeah we we appreciate that you are uh enjoying that and that's what keeps it lively for us and we hope keeps it lively for everyone else too
1: Certainly. Now we'll wrap up with a missive from our pal uh, Jeremiah Jones Goldstein who had the following to say about episode number 80. This is Batman Digital Justice. He says, Chris, Reggie, just finished listening to episode 80 this morning and it was another terrific episode. I agree with you. The story in that comic was not good. And that's being polite. <laughs> <laughs> very true. I was re- I was really impressed by and very much enjoyed your discussion on how comics are made and the interview with Bob Ruzakis. I found his story fascinating fascinating i thought you guys did a nice job going through his history at dc and then the, the creation process of using computers to color comics imagine if it were still that easy for an enterprising individual to get a meeting with the editor-in-chief of dc comics not that it was easy at that time but he certainly made it sound like it was
0: He continues and says, uh, I think in this age where technology advances at incredible speeds, it is extremely important to remember where it came from and how it was developed. I love hearing from or reading about the people who created the things we use every day, and I'm particularly interested in the history of computers. I really found it riveting when Bob was talking about working with the Irish Software Company and how they made one machine (laughs) that they dragged from Ireland to New York to develop this process. That was practically the plot of season one of *Halt and Catch Fire*. Thanks for another really fun episode, and uh, of course, thank you, Jeremiah. We mm-hmm. had a blast with that episode. Also, Absolutely. with the uh, with the uh, one Luke was talking about the gymnastics, we were just laughing almost to tears with oh, that one. But
1: yeah, that was uh, amazingly fun.
0: Any chance to get uh, you know Barbara Zakis to come in and talk about his experience, not just uh, you know as a production manager or director, eventually? But as, you know, a comics fan, comics guy, g- guy that makes puzzles. Sure. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, we think yeah, well, that's probably I, his... I uh,
0: definitely think <laughs> he, made he made the of bases, if not all the other puzzles <laughs> in this book. He's a, he's the puzzle-making man. Uh, you know, just, just so you know, we did originally, the reason we knew he had that information is we had interviewed him for uh, DCInThe80s.com yes. blog. That's Justin's uh, Trudeau, is that right? I'm Sorry. Uh,
1: Fra- Francois. Fra- oh, that's right. Fra- Sorry, Fra- Justin yeah.
0: Francois. Uh, I, know, I, I was thinking of the Prime Minister of Canada. No, not him. No, Justin Francois Close. from uh, DCthe80s.com, <laughs> and uh, he's got actually a, a much longer version of that interview. Uh, in in a sense, ours is a new conversation, but yes, much more. We just went on for much longer with Bob Razak, if you want to try to dig that up. But uh, so we knew he had that information, and we knew it was pertinent to digital justice and. That's why we did that and uh you know, I was glad to be able to do that. That's pretty much our only creator Ace in the Hole that we can talk to, so that will <laughs> Yes. <laughs> kind of a one-time trick really, but there we used it, uh I think at a good place. And uh yeah, I feel the same way. The the manufacturing and uh technology side of, of just publishing. Comics publishing is unbelievable. You know, Chris, I was no. thinking uh just recently, like, you know, even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, every single page is a piece of film and a plate. Sure. Or, or like a, a every comic is a full plate, every page. And those things had to be stored for reprints. Most of publishing was storage. You know?
1: Just I, yeah, I bet.
0: Warehouses and warehouses full of this stuff uh, just to keep forever. And then they would get rid of it. And, the, you know, there was always a shuffling, always a, paying storage fees. That's gone. That's, that is absolutely evaporated. You can mm-hmm. you can hold it all on something the size of a Every, toaster.
1: Yeah, everything's digital. I, even when you think about like, not even the small press, but like the micro press, the mini comics, right. and the, if you tried getting into something like that even ten years ago, I mean, it was a it was a expenditure. You're paying for copying, you're paying for paper, you're paying for all that. Where now, uh, it's like I almost think I was I, I, I think I was born too soon and too late. Yeah, in a lot of respects. Jumping on that, where, yeah. Uh, yeah, where it's like when I was interested in getting into that world, it was it was an investment, and you had to really be sure that it was something you wanted to do. Where now, everything's digital, so you could just do whatever. It doesn't cost you anything but your time. And right. uh, it, going to to Jeremiah's point, where the technology just goes at the speed of light right now. Um, Especially when you compare it to the uh, the Irish uh, manufacturers having a single machine that right. they loaded onto a plane and brought over to New York. Right, and,
0: and the processing power of that machine was probably one-tenth of the phone in your pocket, folks.
1: So I was going to say, yeah, with a watch on your
0: wrist. It goes really, it, it is really, it goes very rapidly, and I think we're going to see uh, bigger changes in comics, in publishing, in everything as we uh sure. Soldier forward, as and long for better as it's, and for worse. As long as the events of DC Comics Invasion miniseries don't happen, and we get a gene bomb, then I'll really, <laughs> really throw things into a wackiness. But, That'll uh, crimp
1: the day, yeah. Uh...
0: But thanks everybody for writing. Uh, you know, we do love to hear from you folks, and if you'd like to write to us and talk about anything we've discussed in this episode of Cosmic Treadmill, or tell us your favorite recipe. For a quick mix, how you like to make mm-hmm. your quick uh, milk? You can write to us at weirdcomicshistory at gmail dot com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com dot com slash history.
1: You can find us on Tumblr cosmic dot tumblr dot
0: We're on Twitter at cosmictmil, and I'm on Twitter at Reggie Reggie.
1: I'm at Ace Comics.
0: See our weekly writings about new comics at WeirdScienceDCComics.com, dot com and. Chris's Daily Writings about DC Comics over at com, where he reviews a new, or sorry, a different uh, DC comic every day of the week. Uh, never a new one, although sometimes it can be recent,
1: newish. I did a recent one not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Usually, <laughs> you,
0: uh, you never do one from that week, though. It'll always be a couple. No, no. At least I try a couple to, of weeks yeah. old. But uh, yeah, different DC comic every day, and it can go from the 50s. It really directly could go from the 30s, I guess, to uh, I <laughs> the modern time. Any any kind of comic right now, you, you're really uh, coming to the end of your action comics. 100 reviews of action comics. So yep. How many? It
1: was you done number now? 90. Today was number oh, 90. You're gonna so make 90.
0: it. You'll yeah. it just fine. I was Absolutely. worried for a minute there, you weren't gonna make it, I'll be honest with you.
1: <laughs> so was I. After I made the proclamation, I'm like, that was dumb. Yeah. But,
0: uh... <laughs> every, every every time I saw you put up a review that wasn't actually comics, I was like, Oh, I hope he did the math. I hope <laughs> he's worked not good, it
1: out <laughs> I'm not good at reading calendars. Exactly, I mean yeah. two two years ago I had to have the thirteen days of Christmas because oh. I couldn't read the calendar, <laughs>
0: so <laughs> Oh, see, you could use a guy like Ronnie in your clubhouse to I, help you I out with that. I do need <laughs> Ronnie to
1: decode the calendar, uh, solar and uh, Gregorian. That's okay. right,
0: every kind of calendar. <laughs> anyway, Chris is at com. It really is the best source for these kind of DC Comics reviews. It's got uh, images from the comic, some great uh, reflections, and then ads at the end, so check it out.
1: Thank you. And also, uh, Superman Meets the Quick Bunny was one of the first comics oh, i right. did on the that site back right. uh probably march of 2016 That was uh one of the first that uh i think got passed around on twitter because that's before i started being on twitter wow. so it was a pretty neat thing to have happen and uh we've got a lot of images from that book and we'll uh we'll move some of them over to the uh to the show site too just,
0: i'll probably just link the uh your, your, oh we you could do profile. that too yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> (laughs) Now, the show site is weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com, where you find all of our show notes, all of our box sets, all of our Weird Comics History, and all the Cosmic Treadmill. Uh, You can also find us on YouTube if you search for Weird Comics History, no spaces, all one word.
0: That's right. I think that covers... Everywhere you could possibly find us Except for other places we have yet to discover ourselves
1: They the New ones come up every time They do sometimes,
0: <laughs> I, sometimes I just do a search for fun I'm like, where is this? I'm getting carried by some <laughs> weird website in Poland that's, uh,
1: that's fine, I guess And we're huge in Ghana So uh, nice. I don't even think we could walk down a street in Ghana uh,
0: <laughs> I'd be worried they'd probably pull our clothes off But uh <laughs> You know, that's uh, thanks everyone for listening, obviously, though. We really do enjoy Certainly. the uh, the, the feedback and circulating these things. And we had a blast with this episode. You know, this is a, a, a kind of a goof for us, but I think it's uh, it's all part of the pantheon of comics history. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's all we got for this week, Chris. Got anything else for him?
1: No, nope, that'll do us. Well, until next time,
0: folks, I want you to keep it on the treadmill frothily.
1: Chaudhly milk C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E-M-I-L-K milk Oh, who fetch me some cocoa beans? I will, I will I just woke up from a dream Simming chocolate
0: milk
1: And who fetch me my heavy cream? I will, I will I just woke up from a dream Simming chocolate milk All blowing bubbles Through my straw I spill chocolate milk all over you, honey, who fetch me my limousine. I will, I will. We can recline in the back seat sipping chocolate milk.